Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, God, and it is an opportunity to come together to worship you, to learn your word, God, and just thank you that you want to impart your wisdom to us, great God, and we know that we can be successful in life by living your wisdom. So we just ask you to guide us tonight, help us just to drink in of those scriptures that you want us to hear and come alive in our life, lives. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to see everyone here tonight. <laughs> thank you. It's been a while since I've spoken, but it's always exciting to see what God's going to do. You know, you try to write it down on paper, and sometimes God just takes you in a different direction, or he adds things, he subtracts things. It's just, you don't know really how it's all going to come out until you say it. <laughs> but it's going to be good, I'll tell you that. We've been studying the last couple weeks the way of the wise. That's the foundation of our study on Wednesday night, the way of the wise. And we've been going, Pastor Garrett has been teaching us and bringing out different points, different scriptures to make us wise. And you know there's a practical application and then there's a spiritual application. You know, there's both ways. And I don't know, I was thinking, I just got a new cell phone. There's that, they always say, click on this link. And they're tied together. And all we have to do is click on the link, you know, and God will show us either the spiritual side of it or just the practical side of it. That if we just put it in the practice in our life, it brings success to whatever it is our hand. You know, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, whatever our hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Isn't that a good principle right there? If people would just do that, do it with all their might they would see an immense difference. What I'm going to talk about tonight is diligence. The Proverbs uses that word diligence, or being diligent, in a lot of different scriptures. It's talking, diligence is not only hard work, but it's how we do our work. It's taking that work to a different level, you might say. It's being careful and persistent, showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties, hardworking, painstaking, careful, thorough, particular, doing everything your hand finds to do, do it with excellence and quality in mind. Now, would you hire somebody that had all those qualities and that's, they wanted to come to work for you yeah, you would. I, you know, that just goes without saying. That's the kind of things people are looking for in this day. And not only that, it's people that are willing to be under authority and do it the way you're asked to do it. You know, that's so important too. That's being diligent in our work is doing it the way your boss or whoever. And even, I don't care if you're the lowest man in the company or whatever you're doing, or the highest, 
we're all under authority. We all have to do it the way that we're told to do it. So let's take a look at Proverbs 10, 4 through 5. And I think Pastor Garrett already used this one, but we'll use it again. It said, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. There's a good one right there. Slackness or laziness doesn't get you anywhere. You'll stay right there on that couch as a couch potato being slack. But the diligent makes rich. So what do we want in life? Do we want to be slackers or do we want to be diligent in what we do? Do we want to see prosperity coming our way? I think we all want prosperity. I do. Let's look at Proverbs 21.5. said, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So there again, you have it. Diligence takes us to plenty, and those who are hasty not putting the time that it takes to do it right with detail, it just leads to poverty. I mean, it's that simple. And all of us have tried it both ways, I'm sure. Sometimes we just don't have what it takes to do it right. And you know what happens when, that, when you do that? You have to do it again. It happens every time. So why not just do it right the first time and get the results we're looking for the first time. You know, I was telling Pastor Garrett last week after, after the study, it's just funny how things work out. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone, and he lived in Texas for quite a few years, and back in the 1980s. And there was a time, he was a truck driver, and there was a time that the economy was slow, and he lost his job as a truck driver. So he says, I'm not going to sit around just waiting for something to happen. So he started a mowing business. And he worked and built up that business. And he had over 100 lawns to mow. He had got him a little pickup truck and a trailer and bought a couple lawnmowers. And he, first thing you know, he had to hire a guy to help him. And that business, he said, I think he told me he made $87,000 in one year mowing lawns. But I mean, he had to be diligent to make that work for him down in Texas. So what happened, this real good truck driving job came along. And he decided, I want to get back into the, where he felt comfortable. And he, he never planned on having a mowing service the rest of his life. So he started turning over his mowing service to the guy that was working for him. Now this guy wasn't real diligent. It was too hot. Ah, it's too hot. I can't mow today. So little by little, he started losing his customers. And first thing you know, there wasn't any mowing business any longer. He was kind of a slacker, you know. And that's what happens. You know, you can be handed the best job in the world, but if you don't take care of it, if you aren't diligent, put that extra effort into it, you know, he didn't want to get up early. Down in Texas, you got to get up early because it gets hot. And you got to get out there in the morning and mow. He said he had a couple trailer 
parks to mow. And the people would complain, oh, you're waking us up. And he said, that's tough. I got to get out here and get this job done. You know, I, I hate to wake you up, but I just need to get. But the other guy wasn't that way, the fella. And it just, the whole business just went flat. So that, that's a good example. That was the example I was telling Pastor Garrett about. Uh, it just, it's just so good. So how do we become diligent? That's a good question. You know, Jesus, it's who we watch, who we fix our eyes on, who we work with. You know, it's something we learn. I don't think, you know, we're all just born with this uh, diligent spirit in us, you know. We have to learn that over time. And even Jesus, in John 5, 19 and 20, he said, I watch my father work, and I work. I hear my, see my father, I hear what he says, and I say it. So even Jesus was watching. He had an eye out. He knew who his heavenly father was. And I know, as far as that goes, his, his uh, earthly father, Joseph. You know, he was a carpenter, probably a hard worker, and he, he saw him, how he worked. So Jesus, even Jesus learned how to be diligent. There's a good scripture I wanted to bring out in Proverbs, um, let's see, 13, no, 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, Parents, we have a big responsibility to help our children, to teach them diligence, how to work in family life, and how, how to be successful in life comes from, a lot of it, from our parents. You know, how, I know Pastor, or, yeah, Pastor Garrett saw his dad out working and his mom, and I know he learned a lot in how to be diligent in the jobs you do. Because their business wouldn't be here. They said, ah, oh, it's too hot. I'm not going to do that today. Or, <laughs> you probably felt that way. <laughs> but you knew what it took to run a business and to be successful. So it's so important to us to train up our children in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And everything in between, he will, he'll, it's a learning process for our children. Sandy grew up on a farm, and she learned so many lessons about this. And I asked her if she would just come up and tell us a few things about growing up on a farm. Now, a family farm is a business, and there's a lot of work to be done on a farm. And you've got to do farm work when it needs to be done. When the hay's ready to mow, you've got to mow it. And when the Whatever it is, your, the animals have to be fed, they have to be watered. You can't let the farm go. And she learned just a lot of lessons. Her family was an old German family, Bumgartner. It's about as German as you can get. And they had a tremendous work ethic. And they were very diligent. Her mom, her grandmother, uh, her dad. And she picked up on that, her and her brothers and sisters. And they learned a lot of lessons on the farm. So, Sam, would you come up and 
I had to really talk her into even coming up. She wanted to do it from down here. <laughs> Y'all love me, right? <laughs> well, um, I live just a little bit north of here in this red house across the parking lot. And uh, we, that's where we grew up. And then across the field from that, that white house, that was my grandmother's, my dad's mom's. And uh, we I had three brothers and three sisters. And uh, we all worked really hard. And remember, we loved going over to my grandma's house. And so we would skedaddle over there whenever we got a chance. And there was something about grandma's kitchen floor that we just loved. And we would we would act like we were swimming on that floor, and we'd scoot on the floor and just have a big old time. We'd be under the table, and there was a bar across it, and we'd hang from that bar. Well, one day when we were down there, Grandma said, she threw down three rags, and she said, while you're down there, just make use of your time and get my floor dusted. So we enjoyed our time down there even more when we knew we could do something for Grandma. And uh, my grandma, she lived to be 95 years old, and um, she was still canning applesauce and green beans and making blackberry jelly in her 80s. Uh, first thing I remember when we were growing up, I, I used to go blackberry picking with my grandma and my dad, and we'd see them pick, we'd just kind of watch them and pick a few and put them in their bucket. So one day, my dad, he was going down to milk the cows, and he told my brother, Dave and I, now Dave was only 16 months older than me, and we were, we were tight. And uh, he says, get your long pants on, your long sleeve shirts, you're going berry picking. And uh, they, we had saved paint buckets back in those days and cleaned them up after the paint was gone. And they made perfect berry picking buckets because you could have your belt on and put it through that handle on the paint and then you'd have both hands free to pick berries with. So dad took us down to the barn. He was going to milk the cows. And uh, we had a lake right below the barn. And uh, the the, there was a big dam of the lake and the water was real deep there. So we were so little and we couldn't swim. So dad walked us down past the lake and said, there's the blackberry patch up there. Now you go up there and start picking the berries. And uh, he said, now watch out for that ram. We had sheep at the time, and there was a ram. And he, I guess he tended to butcha. I don't remember him, but I remember Dad telling us that. So we started picking berries, and I was like, where's that ram? <laughs> so we were picking the berries, and uh, every little while Dad would call down, you doing all right? And we'd yell back, yeah, we're doing okay. So after a while, Dad finished up the milking, and he came back down to the, the uh, bank of the uh, lake there and said, come on, it's time to go home. And uh, we couldn't wait to show him all the berries we had picked and get them up to Mom so she could make jelly. And uh, so that was one of the first things that we learned to do was blackberry pick. And... Uh, we always had plenty of chores to do. We raised tobacco. You had to, we helped pull the plants and water it when they were still in the plant bed. And we did all the, a lot of things there. And, and sometimes we'd have all the plants pulled. My dad worked two jobs. He worked at the Florence Post Office as a rural mail carrier. 
And then he'd get home about one in the afternoon, and then he would uh, do farming the rest of the afternoon. So um, we uh, one evening, after milking, Dad took us out to the tobacco patch. It was about maybe about three weeks after it was all planted. And he said, uh, there are getting to be plenty of weeds in there, kids. And I see that field there. I want the two of you to uh, hoe all the weeds out there tomorrow. Expected to be done when I get home from work. So on the next morning, right after breakfast, we skedaddled down to the tobacco patch and started hoeing mainly because we wanted to get it done before Dad got home, but we also wanted to do it before it got too hot in the day. So when we got finished, we headed back to the house, and we were looking forward to Dad getting home because it's always fun to hear, well done, you did a good job. So we, Dad would get home and come in, sit down, talk to my mom a little bit, and then, then he'd say, okay, let's go to the barn now. Let's go see what you did. And he'd checked it out and said, oh, it looks good. You guys did a good job. Now get your hose and let's go over and get this field done. I was like, oh, Dad. Well, eventually we got to the, Dave and I got to the point where we wanted to earn some money. And so we talked to our dad about it, and he said, well, you can plant some extra green beans this next year and uh, make sure that mom gets enough to can for the family, and then you can, uh, I can talk to some people on my mail route, and I'll sell them for you. You get them picked and everything. So one morning they woke us up early. It was still dark because those beans had to be fresh for those customers. So we, I'm like, Went down, we didn't even have time to eat breakfast because we got to get them picked before Dad left. And uh, went out to the bean patch. It was barely light. This grass, dew on the grass. And I'm thinking, do I really want that money anyway? <laughs> so we picked the beans. We got our bushel full and we brought them up to the, where Dad was going to get in the car. And he took them with us. And we were really looking forward to him getting home that day with our money. So he came home, and we got our money, I think about $3. <laughs> My dad, he was, he was Catholic. We were all Catholic growing up, and he made sure we all got to church every Sunday. We all had to be at church, and we got there early. And um, it's the Catholics, it was their practice. They always prayed before meals, and the Prayer before meals, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty, through Christ our Lord, amen. That was our prayer, the meal times. And we only, as a family, only had supper together. The rest of the time, it was, everybody was on different shifts, different school buses to catch, and Dad had to leave real early. So, But if you happen to get up before Dad ate his breakfast, you'd see him make that sign of the cross, that sign of the cross, and bow his head. And you knew he was saying his prayers before breakfast. And, and then at, at supper time, we'd all, either Dad would say that prayer or one of us would. And uh, then Dad would we'd be sitting there with our, all the food on the table, and Dad would say, just look at this food, just look at this meal. It's all from the farm. We've got beef from the farm. We've got butter that your mother works so hard to make. We've got the jelly that mom uh, made, canned. 
We've got applesauce, we've got tomatoes, we've got corn, we've got potatoes, all that we raise. God's been so good to us. So Dad did, he built our faith, and he, I remember him showing us how to plant those beans when we must have been about four years old, so far apart, and ever so carefully, so we would know how to raise a garden. But uh, we, so we were receiving the benefit of the labors that we did, and uh, when we were siblings, and I entered the work, when we, we started growing up old enough to get jobs, and we entered the workforce, we were taught that we'd get there early, and we'd do whatever they wanted to do. It didn't matter if it was your job description or not. You just did what you were asked to do, and you did it with all your might. And consequently, everybody that we worked for always gave us good recommendations. They were well pleased with us. But you know... Even as diligent as you are, and you put all these principles into practice, if you don't do it in and through and for Jesus, it's all in vain. And I have this uh, Psalms 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain. And uh, Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Pastor Garrett, I don't know why you bottled with me. I mean, <laughs> she could have done it. But you know, Sandy and I, uh, I met her brother in high school, and we became best buddies. And I would come out on the farm, and he had a basketball goal, and we would play basketball together. And one time he was raking hay back in one of the backfields. And uh, I thought I was really helping. And I got on the tractor, and I raked it all up in the windrows. And I was really excited for her dad to get home. You know what he said? And I was just a city boy. I wasn't a farm boy. And he said, man, I never want hay raked like that again. <laughs> I mean, it looked good to me. <laughs> but he and I were buddies. I mean, he was just telling me. He was trying to teach me something. And I didn't give up. When Sandy and I got married, we bought a mobile home, and we had it back on the farm, and we thought we were on vacation. We could look out of our window in the kitchen and see the lake down there, and I helped raise tobacco and put up hay, and... We just loved it out there. But our family started growing, and we needed more room. We outgrew our trailer, so we bought a house. And we were blessed with three children. And I brought some pictures of them growing up. And you could click on one of them back there, Brianna, maybe the first one, and we'll. That's my son, Matt, when he was three years old. We were pouring our driveway, making it wider so that we could park two cars on it. And he was three years old, and Sandy's dad came over after work. We had the concrete truck come. It was all formed up. We were out there, and he was in the house looking out, and he was just begging his mom to get out there to help. And she finally let him out, and he grabbed that. That's in the, a little edger that you go around the edge, but he didn't care. He just wanted to get in that concrete. And that's one of those memories you have. You know, he, he grew up, he's about 6'4 now, 
got two kids of his own. He has his own farm out in Oklahoma, and very successful at the work he does. But, you know, that's the way he started out. He wanted to be part of what the family was doing. Okay, I click on to the next one. We were rebuilding our deck, and I was taking the boards down, and I told all three of them, I said, get out there and just pull, I want you to pull the nails out of all three of them. I gave them crowbars and hammers and whatever they needed, and boy, they jumped on that. It was a nice summer day, and they all got out there, had smiles. They were really, you know, happy that they could help. They could pitch in. They spent about half the time at our house and half the time over on the farm. So they got Sandy's dad and uh, Sandy's younger brother, he was quite a bit younger than Sandy, he kind of took them under his wing. And they were around and raised around work all the time. They knew how to work. Okay, let's see another one. That's our daughter, Lisa, when she graduated. And that's our real hair color. That was 19, <laughs> neither one of us for coloring our hair. That was 1990. <laughs> but our daughter, Lisa, she was a very diligent student. She wasn't the smartest student in the, in the school. You know, they call some of them whiz kids. You know, everything just real easy. Everything didn't come easy to her. But she was very diligent with her homework and learning. We would go to bed, and you would see that light on underneath her bedroom door to all hours in the morning. And she worked, worked like that all through high school, and she ended up being the valedictorian of her class because of the diligent effort. And I don't know where she got that. <laughs> but it was the diligence. It was the work ethic, putting, you know, putting everything you got what your hand finds to do. Do it with all your might. She put that principle in, in, into her, her schoolwork. And she got a full presidential scholarship to Northern University. But you know what she did? She turned it down because she wanted to go to a Christian university. And she did that. She graduated and she went over to Cincinnati Christian University and got her master's degree. And she started traveling around helping little kids in the project, she might say, that had been abused and that. And she, uh, she worked several years doing that until she wanted to get married. Get married, yeah. And she came to her mom and I one day and she says, I want to get married. I can't, can't find anybody that met her expectations. <laughs> so we sat on the couch with her and we said, let's pray about it. And God, that God would bring someone to you that met your standards. <laughs> and she had high standards. And she went to her class reunion and met Ed Murphy. He had graduated, and they hadn't seen each other since graduation. And she was about 28, 27, 28 years old. And he saw her there and said, Lisa, you married? Nope. She said, you married Ed? Nope. He said, you got any kids? He said, no, I haven't been married. <laughs> So they got together and they married and his goal was to serve God and that's what she was really looking for, somebody that wanted to serve God. So they 
started having children. She teaches them at home, schools them. And earlier this summer, we live right next door to them. And she had all four of her kids out there on a blanket teaching them. And you know, just to see something, see one of your children teaching their children, you know, to be diligent. When you're homeschooled, you've got to take a lot of the responsibility on your own. And they, you couldn't have showed me the Taj Mahal that I would have felt any better or more impressed than seeing her teaching her children. And you know, sometimes I go to work and I back my truck out of the garage and look over at their house and our daughter, not our daughter, but our granddaughter, like six o'clock in the morning, that light will be on over there. And I said, that's just like your mother used to do. And they're all that way. I mean, they all, you go over there during the day and they're doing their work, they play the violin, they're practicing, they all practice an hour a day. Very diligent. They want to be successful at what they do. And she's teaching them God's word. And I think, that, is that all of them? I think one more? Oh. Well, if you can't quite see that, that's our son Mark. That was our youngest one. And he loved the farm work, and that was a tractor we had, a old cub tractor from back in the 1950s. And he loved, when he was big enough, he got on that thing and cut our grass. We had about over an acre to mow. And several years ago, he got his own place, and I gave him that tractor. And he has it in his garage, and he's just as proud of that thing. He was talking to me the, not long ago. He was cleaning out his garage, and he said, Dad, you know that old thing started right up. <laughs> he's so proud of that old tractor. And he has his own business, heating and air conditioning business. He didn't go to college. The other two did. But he went to vocational school. And I mean, he's a diligent. He's out early and late putting in furnaces, air conditioners. So Sandy and I, we've really been blessed with three wonderful children. And I know any one of you, you can look back on your pictures of your family and see the kids and how they've grown up, and it just touches your heart, you know. And we saw that they went to church, and they're active in their churches, all but Marky. He's not there yet, but he will be. You know, if you have any children that maybe aren't serving the Lord right now, they will. Just continue to pray. They'll be there. God, he knows the stuff. The seeds are in there. It's just a matter of when they sprout. He thinks he can do it on his own. He's a pretty good person. That's what he said. Well, I'm a good person. But we know it takes more than that. You know, God just wants us to recognize him. In Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, he says, don't forget who gave you the ability to get well. You know, that's the key to it. We can't forget him. Sometimes we get successful and our lives are fast-paced today, but we've got to take time to thank him for what we have, who we are in Christ. And we've got to click on that link pretty often to keep, keep our relationship going, not with just our physical families, but our spiritual family also. So I hope that helps you a little bit. Uh, I told Pastor Garrett I'd be done by 8, about 3 minutes till, so I'm going to stop. I had a few other bonuses, but I'm going to wait on those for another time. <laughs>
So I hope all of you got a lot out of it. Thank you.